From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. This one, episode 245, we're talking about responsibility, why it's important for us to bear responsibility. How much responsibility do we take on? But why is it important? I mean, this thing that clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson talks about much in his content, in his videos and podcasts is bearing responsibility. And he says that meaning and positive emotion is in proportion to the amount of responsibility we decide to bear and take on. And I knew this to be the case before I stumbled upon his work when I was recovering from GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. I I knew that so much of my life had meaning when I decided to wake up every morning and pursue this aim, this vague aim of, you know what, could things just be better for me three to five months down the road if I continue to wake up and listen and learn about anxiety and become obsessed about you know, what strategies I need to do on a day-to-day basis to lessen the amount of suffering I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And this brought so much uh, goal-driven behavior into my existence and positive emotion is when you see yourself progressing towards some sort of goal, even if the goal is vague. And and when you start off in this journey, the goal will be vague, but it gets more defined as you walk towards it and as you stumble forth towards that aim. Now, Today, we see more and more of this hedonistic lifestyle portrayed in TV, movies, TikTok, Instagram, a life of comfort, leisure, um, obesity, um, you know, playing video games, um, glorifying these comfort, uh, these comfort habit. Oh, you're okay the way you are. This is like the dictum today in our society. You're okay the way you are. Just accept yourself for who you are. And I do not believe that at all because when you're 17 and you tell a 17-year-old and your parents tell you, you're okay the way you are, it's, it's, it's very toxic because you're 17 I was a dimwit when I was 17. You don't know anything. You you go into the world, you stumble forth learning and growing continuously. You're okay the way you are. It's like, well, maybe you're not okay the way you are. If you're suffering, you're not okay the way you are. And I had to confront that realization when I was suffering from generalized anxiety disorder. The, the first step for me was to acknowledge the fact that I was suffering I'm not okay, and could things actually get better? So I don't know if things could get better. Well, do 
Can you find a role model who emulates that notion in that projection of what better is online? Or do you have someone like that? And so finding someone like that cements, it, it, it makes this low resolution idea of could things be better more in a more highly actualized and, and, and more visual, more defined. And that's why a model is so important. Having many models is so important for you to have a structure of how to conduct yourself in the world so that you minimize suffering. Now, we see in this brilliant film, I just watched it not too long ago, the animated uh, Disney film, Pinocchio. And in the movie, we see the fox and the cat tempt Pinocchio into instant fame. Hey, your name will be up in lights in no time if you pers- if you follow us and you pursue this aim of being an actor. It's like you can avoid all this difficulty and just go to the top without any hard work. And you kind of see that in like reality shows or like the Kardashians. It's like it's like the or TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitch, you just see people that just famous, right? It's just um, no hard work. They're just playing a video game and they're famous or they're just talking about something and they're famous, right? It's, you know, it's, it's like there's no, it's like this glorific, it's like, I can't, I can't, I don't know how to describe it. It's like this, this fame without any, meaning attached to it it's it's like based upon hedonistic principles but anyways in pinocchio the fox and the cat tempt pinocchio to this instant fame and then they capture him they sell him to the puppet master and then later he winds up on pleasure island and on pleasure island all of the kids are welcomed to live a carefree existence and you have to question well why do these adults the the coach master the fox and and the cat why do they want pinocchio and all these other kids to wind up on pleasure island and that's worth thinking about why well they want those kids to live a hedonic lifestyle because they fall into an unconscious, moldable state where they can bend them, the adults can bend and twist the arms of these vulnerable, vulnerable miniature adults. And, and they can, by twisting their arm, they, well, they can bend to our will. And so that's why. And so those kids on Pleasure Island, they turn into braying jackasses. And that's a symbolic representation of where you can end up if you continue down this hedonistic road. And then, you know, some of the kids 
are half jackasses and that's Pinocchio. He's starting to transform. He gets a tail and he gets ears and he's starting to turn, but not fully. He catches himself, right? He's like, oh my God, look what's happening to me. It's that awareness that stops that progression. But you see all these other kids turning into these donkeys and they're they're helpless they seem helpless at this point that's because they got to that point one step at a time without that awareness and it it get it becomes too late for them to get back but you know it's never too late really but it gets harder to come back into this individual uh, this I- individual free and autonomous person the more you walk down that hedonistic path it just becomes way more difficult and so we see that when the kids are fully jackasses there's no separation between the ego and super ego at this point the ego is who you think you are like when you look into the mirror who do you think you are right? It's this outer layer, this idea. And then the superego is the patterns of culture. And so the movie shows us that no matter what, we start off as a puppet, no matter what. We grow up and we get ingrained with the beliefs from our parents, which become beliefs from culture and then we 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 don't know much we're we're not fully actualized and we we don't just don't know much about ourselves in the world and then as we grow up we venture out into the world and we incorporate all this new information that you know we we some of it we take and incorporate some of it some of it we discard but i see so much even myself growing up just acting out the presuppositions that culture ingrained within me and my parents and and that needed to die off because what i was being taught was wrong and not helping my higher self in any way and sh- and so why does this process that we see in Pinocchio journeying to the bottom of the ocean to rescue his father from a whale, why does this happen? And so where is the sense in that? Why do we see in these stories that we love that the hero, the main character, journeys forth into the darkness into the woods into the the belly of the whale um, in this case why does pinocchio go to the bottom of the ocean but when it when we watch it it clicks but that's the real question why does it click and i think we all know why it clicks but we just can't articulate why and so unconsciously we know that to overcome any problem we must venture voluntarily, forthrightly into the chaos, into the heart of the problem, to solve the problem. Carl Jung says that in art, in mythological representation, 
Water is represented as the unconscious mind. Now let's pick this apart. Why is the water represented that way? Well, God knows how deep the water is. Who knows how far down it goes? We can't really see. It's murky. You can pull things up from its depths. Creatures can come up and pull you under. That's the Jaws movie. Thoughts flow like a stream. On the surface of the water, we see our reflection. So we see our ego. But below the surface is vast potential. What could be the unknown. So what's the symbolic meaning of Geppetto being swallowed up by a whale and remaining stuck at the bottom of the ocean? Well, at the bottom of the ocean, most transformations take place there. Culture is symbolically represented as masculine. Why? Well, masculine is what strengthens and protects. But could be the opposite. It could be what turns to chaos. There's always a negative and positive element to the masculine and the feminine. Always. The king, let's look at the king, is humble, loyal, reciprocal, and open. Or the king could be too orderly, strict, ego-centered, cruel. The thing about kings is that they get too rigid in their views, narrow-minded, comfortable. Tyrannical kings, what happens? The people around them become agreeable. Like even with Hitler, nobody wanted to tell Hitler anything truthful because he would get upset so they would continuously lie to him and all of us can we can all be too comfortable we can all be narrow-minded i certainly was that's what partly led me to my health anxiety the suffering i was in just living by certain principles only those principles, only those beliefs. Re-election in today's society is important for us so that those with power don't overstay their welcome. In chimp groups, the alpha male holds power for about six years. And the less tyrannical the chimp is, the more time they are as alpha. But the more tyrannical ones get, well, taken out by the subordinate chimps. That's really fascinating. So Geppetto represents culture that has reached a standstill. Like when you grow up and you go to your family for help because you have a problem and you realize they don't know any more than you do about the problem. And then that's a problem. 
So you go to university, you learn, you read, you dive into current studies, and then later inform your parents on what you learned. And then they incorporate this newfound wisdom into their lives and they grow up because of that wisdom. I saw it with me and anxiety. They didn't know much about what I was going through. They just knew I, w- I was just anxious. They knew I was stressed. They did things that they thought would help, but that wasn't the help I needed. I needed to turn outside of what I already knew, outside of this structure that has been with me my whole life, the dome of my family, and then reach out to a mentor, reach out to other people who went through suffering, similar suffering. What did they do? What did they learn? What were the structures, books, um, podcasts? I was just hungry. I was, I was obsessed about learning. Well, how did I wind up in this suffering? And what can I do about it? And so Geppetto, he has become rigid in his views. He's still clinging clinging to the beliefs held onto his whole life. The hero prevents culture from standing still. The hero is the one always journeying into the unknown, gathering information, and then distributing that reward to others who have yet learned it and done the work. And then this new information is tools for those who could greatly benefit from it. And the hero's aim is to make things better rather than fulfill their own desires. Another representation of this exact same thing is in Lord of the Rings with Aragorn venturing into the mountain in Return of the King, to confront the king of the dead. All right, a very a very haunting and memorable scene in that movie. And so when Aragorn, Legolas Gimli, ventured down into the depths of essentially hell, into the underworld, they, they meet this ghost society, the king and the rest of its men, not even living nor dead, just in this mediation between the two, like a 2005 Mac computer collecting dust. It's it's neither dead nor functional. And so it's outdated. And so the Aragorn, the king-to-be, saves this dead kingdom by offering them redemption. Now, help us defeat evil and you will be released into the afterlife. Stop withering away down here, doing nothing, only collecting dust and fight for something, fight for a worthy cause. If you want to help family, if you want to help friends, culture, if you want to do something great in your life, then you must be properly oriented in the right direction to do so. And to be properly oriented, do you have your psyche in order? Your health? Is your home properly maintained? No? Then I wouldn't recommend trying to take on the world. 
Take on the responsibility of your own well-being first. Because if everything's in chaos and someone's not going to ask you for the for help because they're going to see, oh, Brad can't take care of himself. How is he going to help me with my problem? So save yourself from winding up in the belly of the whale. Take on responsibility for your suffering. And with this comes the adventure of your life. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. Thank you, everybody. Please rate and review this podcast on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, it only takes a second. Click off. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a five-star I would greatly appreciate it because it'll help just get this podcast out to more people. If you find it useful, if you think other people will find it useful as well, rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.